0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy.
1: Fall guy. Guy. the poster said.
0: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG
1: 13. And it's official. The John Tortorella era in Philadelphia has begun. Who's going to stay? Who's going to be held accountable? Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 118 of Orange and Backcheck. So glad you're with us. Join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Orange and Backcheck podcast at O Backcheck on Twitter. A guy across from me that is ready for some accountability in the Flyers locker room. Scott Weinhardt, what's going on, brother?
0: Hey man, listen, we we could talk about all the John Hub, but the big news this week obviously was uh what you had called me about earlier this
1: week. I mean, the big news is obviously that the Philadelphia City of Philadelphia is going to be hosting the World Cup. Huge. I couldn't cities. think I couldn't think of anything bigger this week in
0: Philadelphia. Was it the same day? It was the same day. <laughs> it wasn't? was the same yeah. day. I like, called listen, Bill. It's hilarious. I called Bill, and he's like, I was, when I saw the torts news, I called Bill, and he goes, yo, did you hear about the World Cup in 2026? I guess that's why you're
1: calling. <laughs> listen, like, I, we'll talk. Obviously, we'll give our thoughts on the Tortorella thing, but I think the first thing that uh, uh, that stuck out to me was just the timing of it. Like, it seemed like this was going to be a, a happening earlier in the week uh, as of like even Monday or Tuesday is when rumblings really started to pick up, but they, we didn't get an official press conference till Friday. The official announcement was obviously the day before on Thursday. So I always don't, I, I never like the timing of when it's at the back end of the week, you get lost in the shuffle. You get, you, you have a, you have a weekend of buffering mm-hmm. to figure out what uh, exactly is the news or you get lost in the shuffle. I should say of the news cycle. So, it's ex- I think Flyers fans, I think we've both – you've talked me into this. I think you're more convinced that this is the right hiring. I'm more skeptical. Yeah. But yep. um, I think we can both agree that this is a exciting hire in its own right because John Tortorella brings a sense of new um, accountability, a sense of energy, and just, uh, I think it was San Filippo that I was reading. It might have been Jordan Hall. Now I can't remember. but you can, we talked about looking for a face of the franchise for this team. And the problem had always been once once uh, Drew left, that was kind of a gap that they still needed to fill out a void. They've kind of filled it for the time being. Um, in the face of John Tortorella, like He's now the face of the franchise. It's not going to be gritty. For all we know, John Tortorella beat the crap out of gritty before the press conference on Friday because that is right. not exactly something that Torts wants to be dealing with, I, I imagine. Right. So right. for now, we have our new face of the franchise in John Tortorella. How do you feel about that?
0: I mean I I think it's necessary. I really think it's doing because you 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 really need to draw the fans back into the seats from a business perspective. And I I look at this as I like this not only as a hockey hire, like a hockey operations hire, I really like it as a business hire because I think it's going to be enough of a draw because when people think of John Tortorella, they 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 kind of they kind of have already their expectations set that he's going to be a uh, like, you know, brash, he's gonna be abrasive. But you know looking for his overall body of work. He's he's developed teams from you know, the ground up. He holds players accountable. He you know, he he makes them makes them do a lot of running in the offseason, you know, makes them make sure they're coming into shape and conditioning. Ryan Kessler once said that it was a uh, uh it was military like. That that's the way he runs things. And he goes, It's weird because now he coaches his ten year old son the same way. you know, because he didn't like how hard he was on him, but at the same time, he loved how he held him accountable. I think that that's what's been missing from this franchise for a long time. You know, you can go back to the Mike Yo comments where he said that Scotty Bowman and Toe Blake, two of the most legendary coaches in NHL history, couldn't have improved the team from last year. Um, I disagree with that. I I I, I, just, I disagree with that. I think that you now have a situation where you have a coach where he's going to get the max out of these guys. And if you don't, then you're not going to be in Philadelphia anymore. And, or also you're going to be looking at the rebuild at that point. He knew, he knows going into this, that there's a shelf life. There's only about what, five years, like five years overall, as far as five, six years for a coach life. That's why it's a four year contract. So that way you get the end of the four years. You don't want to be around too long. He said he was in Columbus too long in his opening press conference. I really like the fact that this is something that he brings an identity. He brings an identity. And, and that's what's been missing for this team for so long. That it's okay that if he's the first season, he's kind of the face of the franchise. Because they've lost that identity for so long. You need someone now to bring it back. John Tortorella is that guy. I'm amped up. I, I, lo- I love this hire. I absolutely love this hire for every reason.
1: Now I, I just I I'm, like I said I don't hate the hire I think it was inevitable that this was gonna be the hire despite reports that this was not even Chuck Fletcher's first option in terms of uh, Tortorella or Barry Trots like I think Barry yeah. Trots was the guy that, mm-hmm. tore, or that or excuse me that that Fletcher wanted um, when the shocking I mean really it was a shocking firing uh, mm-hmm. by the Islanders to get rid of Trots the problem is. It sounds like a lot of these coaches that they interviewed, or I shouldn't say a lot, a few of these, quite a few of these coaches that they hired or wanted to hire were saying, thanks, but no thanks. And that is an alarming thing. Now, thankfully, what you can easily say is, well, John Tortorella, whether it's lip service or sincere, said, hey, I wanted this job since 04 of all things. Now, do you, now, look, I get that John Torella might really have wanted this job for the longest time. I don't buy for a second that he said that in 04. Like, you just won the Eastern Conference Finals against the Flyers. You went on to win the Stanley Cup that year. Am I really going to try and buy that this guy was... Telling his wife in 2004, like that'd be a great place to have a chance to coach. Like, yeah, absolutely. I, absolutely. I really? I Out, can't buy that. Okay.
0: Did you remember that 03 04? Do you remember that series against Tampa? Do you remember game six? Do you remember game I mean, four? You remember game four and game six? They were outstanding. That building was absolutely the electric. electric. Yeah. But game you, six was one of the that. loudest. Okay. All right, so you want to – yes, I can absolutely believe that because when you're in an environment, you're like, man, this place is nuts. When you're coming from Tampa, of all places, you okay. can feel yeah. the passion. Like, you know, basically you had at the time in 2004 people in Tampa not even being able to spell what the word Stanley Cup is, you know, and not even knowing that it's a big silver trophy because um, <laughs> they barely had hockey there for a decade. Yeah. I should, shouldn't be that much of a jerk, but, you know, just – uh Let's say, I'm a little angst about them being back for the third time in a row. Um, but anyway, so I, I, I believe that, that yes, a coach can look at that and be like, Man, look at this is a passionate place, man. You know, and have a conversation with his wife and be like, You know, one of these days, if there's an opportunity to pop up, I'd love a chance there. I'd love a chance there. Like,
1: I you, get it. I'm sure like you've
0: this- done that with uh, things in like, you know, regular people do that all the time and things in there. Like, lives like, man, I would love a chance. Yeah, to but do that. I think there's are
1: think there's – I think there's a difference between when you're walking by or hearing about a company that in everyday life, whatever that may be, and the fact that we're talking about a coach that had either just won or just uh, just won a particular game or just won the entire series – Against Philadelphia that year in two thousand four, and he's still saying like, "Oh, this would be a cool place to coach." Like it's a weird, it's a weird thing to wrap my head around when you're in the midst of the playoffs, you're on your way to the Stanley Cup final, you end up winning the Stanley Cup final with that other team in Tampa Bay. Like I, I don't know. Like he he might be sincere about saying that he wanted to play for the, or for, to coach the Flyers and and the fan and get a chance to be in this city. I cannot wrap my head around the fact that he did it at that time and manner in his career. He might have done it later. I, I I just I think it would have been it, it it would have just made more sense if he just. I said, think you're stuck looking too me. much into this. I really no, think, I, you're think right. I I think it's just lip service. Like I think what I, I think what Philadelphians, I think what our audience and me in particular is very tired of is the the fake Philadelphia. Like look. Let's talk about another player in that has done it very well. He's done it very well. He's one of the best players in his sport. He just won an MVP. But a lot of this stuff, I think we can say, is lip service to some extent. And that's in Bryce Harper, in his, in his goggling and his Googling over the city of Philadelphia. I think that is a, a, a thing that a lot of fans are starting to just get tired of. And they just want a good hockey team. They just want to see a contending hockey team. They want to see a contending baseball team in Bryce Harper's case. And thankfully, look, am I, like I said, am I ecstatic about the John Tortorella thing? No, I'm not ecstatic about it. I think it could go really, really well. Or I think it could go really, really bad within a year and a half. And you're talking about potentially firing another coach uh, a year and a half, two years in. And we're paying that contract off the books and we're right back where we started, if not worse. I don't need the lip service from a guy like John Tortorella saying, well, oh, I've always wanted to coach here since 04. Like, come on, dude. I get it. You might be sincere. I don't need to hear it. Just say, ever since I've left Columbus, I've wanted to come back into coaching and hope that it was Philadelphia. That's all you needed to say. You don't See, have to go I, back. I, 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 would, years, I wouldn't buy that. I,
0: I would not buy that. See, that's what I would not buy. And this is what I think you're missing. Do you, do you remember the 0-4 run? Do you remember it? Honestly. Really. I, no, no, I don't. Okay, and that's my point. And that's my point, is that that is a way for him to develop that arm to the fans who remember that and be like, yeah, I remember an 4 and pants are gonna be like, yeah, I remember O four. 4 4 was a hell of a series, man. That was a tough thing. Him saying, like, I'd live a chance to take because of the passion, and people remembering, like myself, like, Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. 04 was a war. It was a dogfight. The Flyers had Sammy Capitan on defense because they were so depleted on their back end. And, you know, I remember that was such a war back and forth, and that team should have won the Stanley. Like, yeah, like, it's a way to develop saying, like, hey, look, I haven't forgotten what happened here in 04. I remember how passionate the city was in 04. I wouldn't buy and say, if I would have left Columbus and I will only opportunity I wouldn't here. Now, see, that's lip service. But for him mm-hmm. to be specific and say, I remember no four and hey, I told my wife this story. I told Chuck this. I told my wife, like he's it's very conversational in a sense, you can feel that passion. You can feel that. He can see like the passion of the fan. And for him to remember something that happened eighteen years ago like that, despite all his experience, okay? Yep. New York, yep. all that now actually, he talked about he'd love an opportunity in Philadelphia to mention anything about the Rangers. The Rangers is there. He was in Vancouver, which is a hockey hotbed. But he talked about the situation in 04, you know, how, how much he loved the passion there. That says well, something the only time to he a fan to stand like, the cup.
1: like like, But 04 is his most successful season. Like yeah, he okay. won the Stanley Cup there, you know, yeah, like that's obviously he, the the talking point. It just happened oh, to be against Philadelphia to get there.
0: Right. And that's the thing is that 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 series, I tell you what, in games three, if like game three, the Flyers got, we got beat up pretty good in game four. They came out guns blazing and that building was popping game six. They're down four through with two minutes left. Primo scores the goal to get him in overtime. Guy scores the overtime winner. The roof comes off the goddamn place that's the passion this guy has you can see it in his press conference he just how passionate he gets about it like he gets yeah. excited he gets into it and you need that and you need that to be the face of the franchise because this goddamn franchise has not had an identity in so long with that passion that that's what that that, that, that that's what it's missing it's missing yeah. that fire it's missing that, that
1: I agree with that I agree with like that is why I am excited to see this, this 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 experiment i mean i think of this as an experiment because we're talking about a an old head coach who seems to have developed i think we can both safely say his coverage uh, on television was a little bit of leaning into what his stereotype is that what fans perceive of him in the nhl um Admittedly, I only watched about 25 minutes, 30 minutes of the press conference. I th- I know you watched the whole thing so you can color in the the blank spaces that I'm missing, but like what I took away from that is a clear guy that is rejuvenated. Like I know it's only been a year or two that he's been out of the league in terms of coaching, but he seems like a guy that really wants to get back to the to, behind the bench and that goes to his credit of possibly really wanting to be in Philadelphia because Hey, if he really wanted this job, as we're talking about, and he got it, that's a good sign because he's rejuvenated. He sounds like a guy that knows how this league operates now right. in terms right. of trying to become a player-friendly, in terms of uh, marketability, uh, showcasing, that kind of thing. But he also, and I know you love this part, is he's going to say, this is he did say, this is a two-way street. I want to hold these players accountable, and I'll reciprocate by giving them the the the, the respect and the, and and uh, ability to express themselves in their way. Correct. And I think that is a like the John Tortorella of '04 never would have said that. The John Torella of '06 or excuse me of 2018 would never have said that. Correct. So we're in 2022. I think it's a good sign that this is a for a nearly 64 year old guy. Later this month, happy birthday. Uh, John Tortorella in the the coming weeks at uh, the ripe young age of 64 showing maturity. Like, and that's what, that's, that's a good sign.
0: And that's a great word to use that, you know, he has matured and in a sense where, you know, 10 years ago, he would have been a lot, lot tougher, but here's where I think I saw the maturity in the last 12 months, just from him being behind, uh, behind the, uh, the desk rather than behind the bench. So remember when Troy Terry and Trevor Zegress, uh did that crazy move against? Uh, I think it was I think it was either Buffalo or Columbus. Yeah, and, they did the Michigan. Yeah, and they did Michigan basically, and then like he batted out of midair, or it was it Sonny Milano? A couple of those players. Yeah, the, and and he was like he didn't think it was good for the game, and we ripped him on here. We ripped him. We were like saying yeah. it is very good for the game, actually. Like you know, I liked how in his press conference remembering that going in, and nobody asked him that he said that he needed to make sure that there's a fine line, that he needed to make sure that the players have the creativity. Like he goes, sometimes you just got to let them play. And to me, I'm like, okay, that's what I wanted to hear. Because six, eight months ago, it would have been like, Hey, like, you know, people would have probably, he probably got grilled when people were saying, no, it's not good for the game, it's not good for the game. People saying, no, it is good for the game. Because look how much coverage it got. It got entertainment. People were entertained. And I said, you know what, maybe you got to let these kids play a little bit more. Maybe I got to do that. And working on himself like that. That shows to me the progression that you need. Because that gives that balance of the modern player. Like he was talking about a lot in his press conference. That they have a lot more creativity. You, You can't do militarized, like, type tactics. Like, you know, back in the day, you could with other players. You need to have more conversational. You talk about that two-way street. That's what I think that was a big deal for me. Like, okay, this is a guy where I think this is what's going to make it successful. Because you're not going to stunt the creativity of a person like Travis Konechny, uh, of a guy like Owen Tippett. Um, a, You know, you're not going gonna to stunt that offensive creativity you're going to let him play. But he was saying everything away from the puck. Like... Everything he was talking about wasn't on the offensive side of the puck; it was on the back end of the puck. Hey, yep. look, I, mean, I don't he's care a what you do.
1: Guy, if, if if you're not too familiar with with who John Tortorella is, he is a very defensive minded coach, and then hires the right pieces around him to bolster that offensive. Offense, look. He talked about correct. That. He also talked about I, that I, in pa- in the, the intro play. press conference,
0: right? Yeah. He talked about the getting a guy like in here who can really help on the power play. Which, listen, when you when you think about this stuff, man, look, I you know. Interviewing is something that I do generally, but listen, the guy is telling you straight up, like, I need someone here to fix this power play. I can't do it. It's not, that's not my specialty. I need someone here who can fix that power play. I respect the hell out of that because that's telling me, hey, you're telling me something you're not good at and you're going to get here to make yourself better, make the team better. That's exactly what I want to hear. And I think it's what Flyers fans need to pay attention to is the little things that he says. Yeah, you're going to have moments where he goes off on Larry Brooks, or there was moments in his press conference where I sat there and I literally just chuckled because, like, someone asked something. I think it was – I don't want to I, I, – it may have been Sam Carciti asking about, like, you know, what's going on. He goes – you know, you guys try to box me in and like box me in and do that. He's going back, and I'm like, I've seen that quote before. He talks about boxing men and stuff like that. He love, you know, and or he even said the same thing. Like, I- I'm not, I'm not going into that. I'm not going into that. Like, he'll cut it off when he's when he has his line. Yeah, like he doesn't do
1: predictions. He doesn't like he right. did, He's not going to do predictions of right. what he expects from this team right. for the 2022-23 season exactly. Which honestly, I expect like, and that leads which into you fair. touched on him. You touched on it a little earlier, just a moment ago, with guys like Travis Konechny and 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 the like. Who are some of the players that like we should immediately see? Not necessarily, and we'll talk about like the Cam Atkinson response and all that. Uh, like, who is a player on this team right now, pending any trades, any movement that Chuck Fletcher is going to do? Because that's the next step here. Uh, in terms of re- like, I see Travis Konechny as a guy that's going to really flourish under. Tortorella like he should really buy into that system like you said he's an off the puck uh type of coach type of uh, teacher type of type of uh instructor that if you get good at off the puck stuff the on the puck stuff comes with with it like that's it it, they're Mm -hmm. they're too connected to each other and I think there's a chance here that we finally get to see the Travis connecting we've been hoping for for three three or four seasons now. That's that's a name that immediately stuck out to me in terms of, again, he's a little pissant as mm-hmm. Ron nope. Hextall once described. I think we're going to get back to that point with Travis connecting, hopefully under John Tortorella.
0: I I hope to I hope to see that. I hope to see that. I really do. Um, one player right off the bat because he already mentioned my name, Kevin Hayes. He says there's more yeah. there. That that was like whoa, like there's more there, like. If that, cause look like Kevin Hayes when he came back after being injured, he played very well. I thought he played very well offensively. I thought he played, yep. played very well defensively. Um, and he was saying, I, "I've seen his game. There's more there." Like, okay, that means he knows he, he already needs to know. He needs to push him to be better than he was. If I'm Kevin Hayes, I'm like, "Whoa, like do you think there's more to my game, and you haven't even talked to me yet?" Like, I'm looking at that and be like, "Oh, that, that's a challenge." Um I would say I'm not going to sit here and predict and say what players he's going to butt heads with and stuff. But a guy like Oscar Lindblom, like mm-hmm. Oscar Lindblom, mm-hmm. is a guy you really need to see get back to where he was in 1920. And because yeah. you know before the cancer diagnosis, he was leading the team in scoring. He has the, he has the raw ability there, but we it needs to be figured out why. Is it because of the diagnosis and the recovery? Has he lost a step because of that? Like, there's the physical limitations of going through that treatment. Has that affected, you know, his game at all? I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to sit here and speculate. Is is this something where I there's more there? Hundred percent, there's more there. And um, you know, there's another player I would think of, Ivan Provorov. Ivan Provorov. There's more to that game there too. I think that that is going to get more. on. Um, you know Ryan Ellis. We we'll got to see how that's going to work under this system. We have to see about that. You know Travis well, thank- Sandheim.
1: <laughs> Thankfully, he can easily forget the Alain Vigneault and and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like yeah. it's just it's uh, it's just a, a guy that we don't even know if he's we're going to be ready to play. We, we he'll be ready to play. Is, Everybody but... needs to
0: stop speculating about this stuff. Just you know, like and and here's 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 the, here's the kicker. Like we haven't even talked about the you know the you know the, the the bigger issue here and and that's that now chuck fletcher is on his fifth coach in 4 years okay yeah. so like you're back to the 90s when the Flyers were turning over coaches every year. You know, you're ter- firing Terry Murray after they go to the final. You know, you're firing Wayne Cashman six months in, and you're getting Roger Nielsen, and then Roger Nielsen gets cancer. You don't bring him back. You bring back Brad- Craig Ramsey, and then Craig Ramsey falls Has under it- the radar. And then it was Bill Barber. Bill Barber couldn't get it done. Then it was Ken Hitchcock. So, like, you know, it's six Has coaches coach- in a matter of five years.
1: Has any coach in the last, let's just say since the '97? N- has any coach made it to their second contract
0: uh yeah quite a few actually i think lolliette was one one of them um i believe i believe might might have been hitchcock no 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 no. i know john stevens had an extension too i'm pretty sure that um and then yeah, I don't Basically, know I'm just bummer, getting, yeah. like,
1: it's just concerning how quickly it seems like we're changing coaches, not just the last tw- 10 years or 11 years, but just like the last 25 years. Like, well, the, I mean,
0: that's the way. And the I league. guess that's
1: just coaching. Or Yeah, that's, that's how it works. Point.
0: Like, you know, like, for instance. Okay, so, okay,
1: so, so that concerns me, it, not concerns me, but that's an interesting thing to think about because, yeah, we're talking about a guy that's on a four-year contract in John Tortorella, but like in the next 4 years can well, I know we've debated having them the talent is there but have the already the executing it properly 4 years from now what are we are we well, I don't I don't want to get in predictions but like 4 years from now You're trying to think,
0: box me in Bill you're yeah, trying am, to box me in
1: I think I think there's a better chance of us being disappointed not necessarily what that disappointment no. is no, but no. I don't know.
0: Listen, listen. Know. Okay, so there's a key piece from Tortorella's press conference that stuck out. Stuck out to me. You know, people talk about he's a short-term coach. He's been in organizations for five, six, and five years. Okay, yeah. and you know, the shortest con- the shortest one he had was Vancouver, one season.
1: Yeah, didn't realize Yeah, I was gonna say only thirty-six wins, and he was. Yeah,
0: out. like, you know. and that was that was it wasn't a right fit. It just wasn't a right fit. But you know, and then he went on to Columbus after that, and he did some good things in Columbus. He got that team like look, they swept the the President's Trophy winning Tampa Bay Lighting in in twenty nineteen. Like that's a big deal. And then they went on and you know they took uh, I think they was it they took Boston in the game six or seven in the second yeah. round. So like you know that's a that's a tough that's a tough ask. Um, the key thing though that I heard is that sometimes he said you could stay too long. Now he wasn't fired from Columbus. Him and Yarmo Karkalai talked and basically said like, you know, uh, Karkalai was like, "Hey, like, you know, what are your intentions?" You know, they wanted him to stay. He stayed one more season. He's like, "I probably stayed a season too long." Coaches have and he a didn't even make life. it
1: through that season. Oh wait, no, yes, he did. Sorry, yeah, he did. And he,
0: and he and he and yeah, he just re- didn't re up his contract afterwards. And like, it wasn't like he was fired. He didn't get you know, people use the word fired too loosely. He wasn't fired. They just decided yeah. to part ways, and sometimes that happens. And you know. With, with coaches, that's that's something that's to be expected. But I respect the fact that he can look at this and say, okay, I'm going to sign a four-year deal. Because if I can't turn this ship around in four years, you got bigger problems on your hand, which is absolutely right. Because you're going to have some of the younger guys coming up at that point. The guys you draft now, they're going to be NHL player ready age. Like A guy like Tyson Forster, you know, whoever you draft this year. All the players from the last couple drafts that Chuck has after four seasons – a glutton of them are going to be in the lineup. They're going to be a big part of this team. And at that point, you probably need a different coach. For this core group of players, you can squeeze four years out. You're talking to Ivan Provorov, Travis Konechny, Sean Couturier, Kevin Hayes, Ivan Provorov. I probably mentioned him twice, didn't I? Uh, Travis Sanheim. Yeah. So, like, those are the those are the Oscar Lindblom. You're, you have a core group of players here where now you're going to try to get the most that you can at, at a Tour So after four seasons in the contract, you could probably look at this and say, hey, look, you know what? It's probably time for me to move on, you know. His age is a consideration at that point. Think about it; he'll be sixty-eight years old, almost 70 he'll be years 60, old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like you know, do we even want to coach at this point? I think a four-year deal is perfectly look at, uh, legitimate because let's look at let's look at uh, for example, um, Doug Peterson. You know what I mean, Doug Peterson. Like he 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 lasted four years. And the only reason the example is that the first year was kind of figured out. The second year, they go they win the Super Bowl. Third and fourth years, you know, it didn't go as great as they should have. But that's the thing is that. You know, they decided to move on because it wasn't worth rebuilding. It was trying to move on and, and try something different with a new core of players, and that's exactly yeah. what you're looking at the situation here. Hey, to use, compare apples to oranges, but I'm trying to make an example so people can understand it's the same concept. So, having him for four years here, you should be able to squeeze a lot out of these players. I, I, we have to see what happens over the summer. I'm not going to make predictions about what the, how what these this team can do. The way it's still constructed, I still think this team can make the Eastern Conference Final. You, you, people think I'm nuts, but I think the overall oh, talent is there. It's wow. sque- hang on, hang on. The overall wow. talent is there. The overall yeah. talent is there. The talent is there. It's getting the pressing the right buttons at the right time to get people to squeezed out of it. I, I I stood by my prediction last year. People think this is a this is a bad roster. I don't believe it's a bad roster. I think you need the right person in place to push the right buttons and get this team going. And I think it's exactly what it is. Because we've seen flashes of it. We've seen flashes. Now not having Giroux, yeah, granted, I you know, and think of the fact that is not there anymore. So had having Giroux there, that's a bit different. So you're really gonna have mm-hmm. to figure out that the point scoring this offseason. But I, I think overall from from the whole point of it, um, that's there's still enough talent on this roster to do good things with it.
1: I think one of the key players that is going to have a role here in terms of ushering in this new era under John Torella is one of the guys that quickly um, came in and said, hey, or like immediately reacted on Twitter, I should say, uh, and that was Cam Atkinson. He immediately seemed to have praised the hiring of John Torella. Uh, he obviously played with him down in Columbus when he was there before the the trade to get him up here like I think it is absolutely vital that Tortorella pops in or excuse me taps into the Cam Atkinson uh skill base and really usher in that transition because we're in that transition phase we're figuring out what this team is and there's I don't think I've said this before uh when they got rid of when they traded Drew I don't think there's a dead-set captain on this team yet. I wouldn't be shocked if they don't name a captain. But a guy like Cam Atkinson might be beneficial to like not maybe officially, but unofficially at least have him as a captain and plant the seed on him and just see how it goes. Because I think it makes sense based on what his experience is with John Terrell. He already likes him. He's not like one of these... Uh, like like uh, w- some of the other players that praise them were who uh, Scott H- Scott Hartnell obviously and Nick Feligno, Fali- uh, like yeah they're th- those are big names to hear from but they're not on the team they're not in the locker room Cam Atkinson is in that locker room and is a right. contributor
0: right and that and that's a huge 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 deal because he can be the conduit you know you you know for sometimes if he like for instance I. I and maybe I'm maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way, but I just I see for a while there until they figure each other out, Kanectney and Tortorella butting heads. I just think there's there's yeah there's a lot more to TK's game than what he has. Um yep. than what he's shown. And I think that is gonna hold him accountable to it, especially playing away from the puck where connecting needs to get better. Um Cam Atkins can be a guy to kind of soften that buffer. Kind of have set the mm-hmm. expectation like this is what he wants. Like having a guy and again, it's ceremonial. Like a guy who can talk to the referee, you know, it, the guy in waiting might be Couturier, but you're definitely going to keep an A on Atkinson's chest for sure, because he's definitely going to need to be one of those guys in his locker room to kind of play the, the buffer a little bit. Because if, yeah. if you, even Tortorella said, sometimes he rides guys a little too hard and he's need to learn it. It's a fine line. And it's not like, Oh, I learned this. Maybe he probably pushed too hard on Pierre. When he mentioned that, I'm thinking that's Pierre, Luc Dubois is talking about. That's absolutely what it is because he probably pushed Pierre Luc Dubois too hard and fractured that relationship. And he learned from that. Like, look, like you know, you can't push a guy too hard because they had to ship out Dubois out and got Patrick Laine out of it, like a good center out of Dubois. And, and but that's that's the key. Like you know, Brandon Dubinsky puts up a tweet that says, "Pray for uh, pray for Flyers players." Like, okay, whatever, dude. Uh, Sean Avery, yeah, like specifically kind of stuff, in like, his book, he doesn't yep. he does not like Tortorella, but but I know why. I know why those two players would not like him because he's very, very structured on how they want them to play the game. And it doesn't matter if you score points. And back then when he was doing the Sean Avery with the Rangers, Brandon Dubinsky. Yeah. uh, With the, with the, with the blue jackets, I believe also with the, uh, the Rangers as well. The key is, is that he wanted them to play a game, the certain way to win. and, that's something where, yeah, you could score points, but if you're not playing away from the puck and you're putting pucks in our net, your points don't mean shit. So, like, that's that's exactly the point of why some of those players didn't like him. And and I think a guy like Pierre-Luc Dubois, he knew he was more there and he knew more there and more there. He pushed just the buttons way too hard until he finally just shut off and said, like, okay, we got to ship the guy out. It's not going to work here anymore. So, there's a fine line with that, But and I, th- I know what he's talking about, but again... These players on this team need to be held accountable. They need to know they need to break some of these bad habits. We heard from Vigneault. We heard from Mike Yo. Bad habits, bad habits, bad habits. It's the coach's job to fix those bad habits. We talk about it all the time. Okay. Well, what you're talking about talking isn't working. You know what you need to do? They need to be sitting in the press box at the end, watching the goddamn game and seeing what's going on. If you got to take a big name out yeah, of like, your lineup for that, that, that's how that's how you res- that's how you get through to some of these guys.
1: I'm very curious how, like you said, with that first first in person meeting or whatever he's doing this week or next week uh, when he's in the office meeting players or talking with players. Like, what does happen when he butts heads with Konechny for the first time, rides him if, a little bit longer? If, it, if he does, like less, less under. Like this is one of those things where you could break connect me very quickly. I think this team is soft. I think we can both agree that this team is soft oh my God, yeah. and has it, it from all intents and purposes of what we've seen on the ice so far. Ivan Provorov is exhibit one. I know I just brought up connecting, but Ivan Provov doesn't appear to take criticism very well. Um, he doesn't take, he wants a, you're doing great kid type of coaching. It seems like, I don't know. How else to describe it? And John Tortorella is not that guy. I so, disagree. So yeah, with I that. want I want a different. I I'll get your point in a second. I I, I don't I don't see this la, like I. There's a part of me that's like a year in. These players are going to completely quit on John Tortorella, not because of John Tortorella. Because John Tortorella, if if we're a year in and we're already seeing the breakdown of player coach uh, relationship. Fletcher's just going to blow up the team and ride it out for the next three years with Tortorella. That is guaranteed, and then we're just we're. What do you do then? Like you're talking about even more young players theoretically uh, being ridden by a, a an older coach that is in John Torrell which might be a good thing, but again, because of how soft this team is prospectively, of how the outside view is. I, I, I think there's going to be a lot of butting heads early on, and it's going to be really bad in that first month or two. And hopefully, again, we always say by Christmas is when everything go, starts to click. If it's not clicking by Christmas, this get really, really ugly again really, really fast because Listen, of how soft this team is perspective.
0: I don't want to see. sit here and predict <clears throat> and speculate on and all that stuff. And, and, and here's why. With this whole change – Look, they're, they're, if it doesn't work out this year, I think the expectations are low for a lot of people. They, I think he needs to come in here and needs to figure it out. He even said it takes yeah, I, time. I don't think no many
1: people are." I don't think many people are on your side predicting a uh, Eastern Conference final.
0: Nope. I think uh, that your dog is, though, by opening up your door behind you. Uh, you know, I think the dog wants to get part of the conversation, Mowgli. It's true. Uh, no, it's true. I I. But I look at this. That there's two things. If if they're they're using Tortorella in two parts, one of it is to to have him to be fiery and have this team create an identity and get and gets butts back in seats. If it goes awry in this first year and it doesn't work right away, that's not Tortorella's problem. That's not something he's going to be accountable for. That's Chuck Fletcher, and that's going to cost Chuck mm. Fletcher his job. Yeah. Um. I, I believe that I really do believe that. I think at, that, at this point that, that that's what would happen and would be would be on Chuck Fletcher. Do I believe that Chuck Fletcher is the guy to move this forward? Yes, but things need to need to go right this year. They need to trend in the right direction. They need to, they need to first. He talks about the concept of building the team, and I I, I respect the hell out of that because <clears throat> you know excuse me when I was when I was learning how to coach myself. Yes, if I'm talking, I coached younger teams. I'm not a pro coach. But the concept is still the same. You have to kind of get to know your players a little bit, and then you need to build the team concept, knowing that you're playing for the guy on the left of you and the guy on the right of you, and that's why you're doing it. So he needs to build that in this locker room, that camaraderie. He needs to build that camaraderie, and he needs to make sure that players are he's getting the most out of the players and seeing what he has here. You can't just expect him to come in and be like, oh yeah, I know this, this, is He already said that. He's not doing that. He's not predicting. He's going to come in here and see what he has. He's going to work with the players, get to know these players, get to know when to do all of that, and then go from there and then start coaching them from there. Because the fact that he also said that he likes developing, he's not sure if he likes developing the hockey player or the person more is something big. So they're not going to give up on that. They're going to really try to build this bond here. But if it goes awry right away, it's not going to be on Tortorella. It's going to be on Fletcher. And I think that people need to look at that and say, hey, look, you know, some people want to ride Chuck Fletcher out of town. I think Chuck Fletcher's done a good job so far. Everything like that. I think that just things have gone and everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. And this is a reset button. But at the same time, Comcast is Spectacore, Comcast Spectacore is not going to be patient this time around. They're not. No, I agree. they, they They need that revenue to come back.
1: I think the one problem that I have with Fletcher is like, we took the risk on Ryan Ellis. He takes risks on, and it's actually similar to Howie Roseman a couple years ago. He's taking risks on relatively team friendly deals on players that are injury prone, whether it was an injury three years ago, a season ago, whatever it may be. That is what it seems to, uh, High, It's high-risk, high-reward type of players, and that's kind of blowing up in his face right, right. now. But what he's good at, and this is a a, a credit to his scouting department as well, is all, for all intents and purposes, what we've seen so far out of the young players that he's drafted, not the young players that he inherited from Ron Hextall, he has a good eye for talent. Like I think Tyson Forrester yes. might be a really, really good player that has high value. Unfortunately, he had the shoulder injury this year. Again, injury. But it's one thing. I'm not going to label Tyson Forrester after a shoulder injury. Injury prone. That'd be absurd. But he was prospective to be an a, a, a perennial AHL player at this point. Maybe tap. We might have seen him this year towards the end because of how poor everything went. There was might have been a chance of that. But because of this shoulder injury kind of set him back a little bit. I kind of anticipate Tyson Forrester to making some noise in the AHL and being up here the following season, the second year of Tortorella uh, in 2023, 2024, if, if everything goes right for him. So I think Chuck Fletcher has done a pretty good job for what we've seen so far in terms of recruiting young talent. It's the hmm. building the, the veterans of, of how this team looks is the problem right now, and that is a major problem.
0: Agreed, agreed, and I think that that's something where it, that directly impacts the bottom line. So, like for instance, the GM is also responsible for the financial side of the hockey, uh, the, the business. It's not just the player side. Um, yep. So, you know, there. I think that that bot. Comcast Spectacle is going to look at this at some point and they need a spark to get people back in the seats. When when Tortorella starts getting fired and he has a team showing the identity when he wants people, you know, that means defending people after the play, getting in scrums, adding a little more grit to the, to, you know, the roster. I think we could probably see that in our bottom six. Um, I think when it comes to all of that, that's what they need is that they need to use this time to build that identity of the team they can expect under Tortorella going forward and they need yeah. that and they need a fiery coach. He's going to cause some stir in the press at some point. He will. I mean, because some people and you can see it when people ask ridiculous questions already like, you know, like with prediction yeah. stuff, you know, when he feels like he's boxed in, he he's not going to go there and he he just shuts right off and he gets he throws it back. You know. Which I respect. I'm fine no, with that. I do. That. Absolutely. I, I
1: really it is a it's I wouldn't I'm not going to say it's a breath of fresh air, but it is a nice uh, thing to see from a coach that's a little outside the box and trying right. to get boxed in right no he, pun intended he, he
0: draws the line and like you know you write a, if he writes a bad article he'll call you out like you know yep. with with larry brooks larry brooks and he told larry brooks to f off once before and then when he was in new york larry brooks wrote an article about wade redden and uh what's it called jumping in there and defending a teammate and it was a really sarcastic article and twitter was like i'm not answering any questions from you like straight up like you know it's 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 good and then you know, you have the old Tortorella where, you know, someone's phone went off in the press room and he said, like, that's going to be a major fine. And then the phone kept ringing one time in Columbus. He picked it up with some guy's mom and he was explaining it was in the middle of a press conference to his mom. Like, <laughs> that's how you show that maturity. And like, I think that that's where at some point, like, you know, he's not going to he'll draw his line. But I don't think this is the Tortorella from o4 at all. I think this is a I, polished I coach that, that has developed yep. and has, has matured and still has those personality traits, which is a good thing. But I think now with he have this fair balance of a guy with an old-school mentality and grown into what today's game is, and it's married together. And that's why I think that this hire, while a lot of people view this as being unpopular, that there's people who like it. People don't. It's split. I think for the overall grand scheme of this franchise, this is the right time, the right coach, and I think people keep the receipts, man. Keep the receipts because people are saying terrible hire, yeah. terrible hire, terrible hire. One of these days you're going to be taking screenshots. The Flyers do really well with L behind the bench. There you go. Look at the body of work he did in Columbus. It's the same situation here. Columbus is a great example of what this team can be capable of.
1: Now, hopefully, he can get outside of the second round of with this team, unlike what he's done. Look, let, the playoffs are back. all luck. Let's be I real. It, the, but the like playoffs if, are if all luck, man. It, it's all luck, but you go. It, it's not all luck, I should say. You, you, you still have like the Tampa Bay Lightning have gone now three straight Stanley Cup final. Yeah, they got blown out last night by the by the Avalanche seven 0 But like that doesn't take luck. That's that is a well built r- roster that has that is knows what they're doing. Okay. The Flyers need to know what they're doing, and John Torella has gotten bounced from the from the second round every year since eleven twelve. Okay. Like that's that's just you can't deny that. Okay. I'm not denied it. I'm making a point. Okay. Let's look at something else here.
0: Um The New York Rangers. Mm-hmm. Are they a well built oiled machine? <sighs> right now they're pretty good. Okay, all right. Did they get lucky in the playoffs this year? Who'd they play in the first round? Uh, The Pittsburgh Penguins. That's right, yeah. Okay, and who started their backup goaltender in game one and then went to their third-string goaltender in the overtime. And then they went down 3-1 in the series, and then they battled their way back against the third-string goaltender. And then a not-fresh Tristan Jari in game seven, they went in overtime. Second round, uh, Freddie Andersons, their top Carolina's goalies, hang on, injured. Okay, so you go to Antiranta. You go down. You go. You, you go down three two in that series. You battle back in game seven. Antiranta gets injured. You have that game and game in, in, in the third round. You go up two zero on one of the best goalies in the world. Then for four games straight, you can't score. You can't score anything. Luck. It's about luck. Like you, you things need to bounce the right way okay like Edmonton is a great example too Edmonton is not good offensive I'm sorry I'm sorry it's not they're very good offensively they're a fantastic team offensively defensively and goaltending they have very very large question marks in the first round they go in a war um and I believe uh what's it called that I believe that series went seven against um, it wasn't Dallas who did they play they, uh, Los Angeles they went seven yeah. games against Los Angeles a, a, a team that surprised a lot of people a strong defensive team and they pull it out. Second round, they go against their rivals and blow them out in five games. And then you have to go against Colorado in the third round. One of the well-rounded teams in this league. And your goaltending and your defense really are exploited in that series and you lose. You get swept, okay? Luck. Is Edmonton a team that could consistently get to the conference final every single year? Not with that defense. Not with that goaltending. Again, they got lucky. The chips fell in the right place. They beat a good defensive team. Then they got lucky against a Calgary team that just wasn't producing offensively. And then they go against a really high power team and then they get blown out. You really show where they're at, that the where they need to have the holes at. The rangers are the same way. Sometimes you need things to fall into place the right way. And I believe with the with, with this play with this team, you build your bottom six the right way. You you can still you if you win your first round, second round is a toss up. The third round is the hardest one to win, and that's even and if you ask me, it's harder than the Stanley Cup because the Stanley Cup is probably you're you're, you're getting to get two teams who had gotten through the grind, and the the better team, the you know the is going to win. First round, you have a team that can always surprise a hot team coming off a regular season. Okay, the hot teams usually get through the first round pretty well if you're hot. Look, Montreal last year, they were down, they they were down, ran through the second and third rounds because they were ran the momentum of coming back a three-one series lead in the first round. The reason I explained all of that is because you you have to look at this as when you get into the playoffs, it's all about timing. It's all about luck, who you're playing against, if they're hot, if you're not. I don't look at this and say, oh, he hasn't been past the second round in a long time. Okay, well, you know why? When you look past the past five years, who have won the friggin' Stanley Cup the past five years. It's been two years Tampa, and then who was before that? It was um, who won it in uh, – so it was Tampa – in 2020 Tampa in 2021 who won it was the Capitals and then it was two years before that it was the Penguins so 16 yeah. and 17 so you've had you've had three teams win the last six Stanley Cups or three teams win the last six Stanley Cups so that's my point is that a lot of teams aren't getting past second round a lot of teams aren't doing this that so i don't read too much into that I read mean, a guy who, yes, he's got a Stanley Cup on his resume. Peter Laviolette had a Stanley Cup on his resume. Peter Laviolette did not make the playoffs with the Carolina Hurricanes. They forgot uh, two seasons before he came to the Flyers. Okay, I'm making a point. Alain Vigneault he took the team to the final in his first season, and then each year was consecutively bounced out or won around earlier for the most part. So uh, I, it's it's all luck, man. Like don't read into the playoffs where they're at with that. It's all luck. It's all getting there. Do you, you expect that Tampa would be back a third time in a row? No, but they lost 7-0 yeah. last night, and that beat up pretty good. But here's the thing about that, and everybody's like, oh, my God, Colorado's going to sweep this thing. I have, I think it's going to go 5 because, look, Tampa has the championship experience, but they're only down 2-0, man. Like yeah, They might have gotten blown to- out <laughs> last night. Like 7-0 yep. nothing does nothing for me. I don't care if you win a game 1-0 or 7-0. It does not matter because what matters is the series lead. And if Tampa can cut that two one in Game Three, then the pressure's on Colorado in Game Four, because you yep. went from doing they, w- winning a game seven nothing and winning an overtime the first two, and then all of a sudden the series is tied. If that happens, that's a big momentum shift, and that's why the playoffs don't really matter when you get past when, you, when you're talking about you know he hasn't gotten past second round because that's what matters. It, it, that's what matters. The series lead. It's all that matters in, in, in that. So
1: yeah, and and I will say, I mean, because it was in Colorado the first two games, now they're going back to Tampa, that's when the series start. Once you within the first four games, if you win a road game, then you're in control. Obviously, in this right. scenario, you're gonna be in control because you're up 30 or right. potentially three1 depending on the scenario. but yeah, I, I, I think this is, I actually agree with you, like like seven, nothing fine. Zalasski had a terrible game. McCar had was absurd. I mean that mm-hmm. uh, Landis Gog, that that whole team is built to win now, and they are, and that's what that's what we got to see what happens. Something crazy. Okay, so Kale McCar did not
0: have a point in that series until Colorado scored its seventh goal last night. <laughs> wow, Kale McCar I thought not he had, had a point. Wow, no, he had not. He he he's leading the team in points in the playoffs but he did not have a point in game one or game two until they scored the seventh goal.
1: Unbelievable, right? You know what's also unbelievable? And I'm not the only one that has made this. uh, I'm only making this comparison because I've heard it from now, soon-to-be NHL Hall of Famer, Al Morganti. He is our new Bobby Orr. He is the Bobby Orr of 2022. Like, the fact that we're talking about a new Bobby Orr in Kale McCarr is absurd, especially from a guy. If you don't know who uh, Al Morganti is one shame on you. And if you're listening to this, you should, because you're listening to a flyers podcast. Um, Al Morganti is from Boston. Originally, he Mm -hmm. grew up around the Bruins around the era of Bobby Orr. like the fact that he is comparing a guy in Colorado to Bobby Orr is nothing to sneeze at. And we're, we, we need to take solace in that and just be like, holy crap. Like, this is awesome. Listen, so.
0: he is these the offensive defenseman the teams have always looked for. Just a guy who could do everything. Um, I, it's it's it, it's true. I, I, look, I, I, McCarr has a skill level that is so off the charts good. Yep. I don't know why the Flyers drafted Noah Patrick.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, that's, I, mean, I didn't want to say that it
0: forever. Yeah, um, but like he, he should be a flyer. It's skating. is just, okay. Imagine putting Connor McDavid on, on defense. All right. I, I just imagine that like the skating yeah. ability alone is just, Oh my God. Like, so th- that's what you look at. Really, he just, he just moves like crazy. I mean, he took a knee on knee hit last night. It looks like he got banged up a little bit, but hopefully he's all right, but he came back and scored the seventh goal. So yeah, but I mean, the hit the way he shoots the puck, the way he moves the puck, the way he sees the game. It's just, it's, it's, it's next level. It's and, and doing it with this speed, you know, like and nobody saw Bobby or the way Bobby Orr played the game before that. I don't think we're going to see another Calum McCarr for a really long time, and when and that's yep. that, and that's and that's a good thing because like we talk about like the league not marketing its stars good enough. Now you got another new star like the, the, the Calum McCarr is going to be one of the top stars of the league, and I yep. love to see that because now you have a new guy. It's like wow, watch how fast and exciting you know a player like him is. So yeah, man, I, I look forward to it. I look forward to it and, and seeing how his career progresses as well. And I really hope that like. You know, we start seeing more of these guys come out of the woodwork like this because Sidney Crosby's yep. older. Alex Ovechkin's older. You know, Connor McDavid, he's not going to do anything while he's in Edmonton. Uh, you know, as far as popularity-wise, that people don't see him enough. We've said that a million times. It's good that they have stars like this that are comparing to the older teams because it's going to bridge that gap, you know, from that. Like, you know, you have uh, Crosby's compared to, like, Lemieux, you know you know uh, you know Ovechkin you know like a Mike Bossy just being a score goal and go after goal after goal so um yeah I'm I, it's, it's a really really cool comparison to see and you know for people who didn't know Bobby Orr and Bobby, Zora, Bobby Orr's career was cut short because of his knee injury um, it's next level it's just next level yep. love to see
1: it. yep all right, well, we are officially in the John Tortorella era of Philadelphia. Give us your thoughts, your comments, your concerns. What do you think? Are you hesitant like I am? At OBACcheck on Twitter, let, let us know at Orange and BackCheck. Podcast on Instagram, Orange at BackCheck at gmail.com. If you have a comment or are you sold on this? Are you positive like Scott is? What do you feel? Let us know at Orange and BackCheck at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.
0: You're trying to box me in, Bill. You're trying to box me in.